I heard it once said that everyone has the desire to win, but only champions have the desire to prepare. Get your mind ready to receive today as I talk through how to prepare to win. This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast, where my mission is to help others lead, inspire, and win in this life. Today, I want to talk to everyone about preparing to win. I think this is an important subject because I know that everybody listening at some point in your life, you have a desire, you have this goal, you have something that you're trying to accomplish. And I think this is an important subject because I think it applies to just about everybody on planet Earth. And maybe you've been in that place where you felt frustration of of feeling like you're doing everything you need to do just to watch others pass you up. I know I have felt that way. I know there's been many times in my life that I felt like I was doing everything that I needed to do just to feel like I'm not getting any closer to where I want to go and to just see other people kind of passing me up on this race of life. And I recently had lunch with someone and that asked me to meet with them for lunch specifically because they wanted to solicit some advice. They wanted to get my thoughts on something that they were going through. And the conversation started by them telling me the goals that they had and where they wanted to be. They told me about the wealth that they wanted to build. They told me about, you know, the the type of house that they wanted to live in. They told me about the career aspirations and the specific promotion that they wanted. And I listened very intently for a while and everything was going great until I asked this one question. And here was the question that I asked this person, and this is the question I want to ask you today. What have you done to prepare? And this person rattled off a few things that, quite frankly, it lacked some substance. And it was obvious to both of us that I was just getting some lip service to answering this question. And to save them from some frustration, some, you know, what I would call gross frustration and embarrassment, I stepped in with a little bit of feedback. And, and maybe this sounds familiar to you. I know, I know for me, uh, I've been there. I've been the one asking the questions uh, to a mentor or somebody that I knew could help just to have them ask me this million-dollar question that I didn't have good answers for. Most people want more. You're listening. You probably want more. The question is whether you're ready for more. And I strongly believe that everyone can achieve their dreams, accomplish goals that they've set, and live a life that they want, but it's not ever going to happen immediately. It's rarely the case. It's a journey, and there are most definitely laws of success that can be followed. We've seen this happen time and time again with so many people. We've heard the saying that success leaves a trail, and I have found that to be absolutely true. So I want to give you a, a few ideas. Um, again, there's many laws. There's volumes of book books written on this subject. But I wanted to give you just a few things that will be required for you to get what is that that you desire. So here's a couple of things that I know have been beneficial to me. And the first one is maintaining a positive mindset. 
What I have found is that the essence of any successful person's mental attitude is positive thinking. Think about it. If you expect success, you get success. But if you expect failure, guess what? You eventually get that too. And negative, negativity, it's one of life's greatest cop-outs. And why, why I say that is, is because it allows you to accept these little failures without embarrassment. If, I mean, think about it. You expect to fail, and you have this, you've communicated this belief to yourself and to those around you. You know what you've just safeguarded? You're not going to look bad when you fail. So you just, you just speak that out to safeguard your, your own embarrassment. But if you expect and communicate success, then you fail, you end up looking like a fool. And who wants to look like a fool? So what we do is we just don't talk about it because it's risky to expect positive things to happen to you. But positive self-expectancy is the only sure way of being successful. So you have to ask yourself, when you think of this first point that I'm mentioning, maintaining a positive mindset. Are you the person that's always saying, this probably won't work, I probably won't get there? That way when you do, there's a safeguard and nobody's let down and you're not embarrassed because you told the world what you were about to do. If that's you, you got to change the mindset. The second thing is self-motivation. The hard truth is that people who don't persist with their desire to succeed do so out of choice. And this is a hard truth, but it is a choice. These people have chosen not to exercise self-discipline and persistence to work diligently toward their goals. This is a choice that we make all the time as it relates to self-motivation. You can choose to be a success or you can choose to be a failure. Henry Ford once said it well when he said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And we know how that man thought, like the guy or not. We know that he was thinking beyond how things started. I mentioned this story the other day uh, to a group of people that I was with, is that if people were to ask Henry Ford, uh, what is it that you want? Or, or if he were to ask the crowds, what is it that you want? He said, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have told me that they wanted a faster horse, not a car. He said, because the first car I built was actually slower than a horse. But you know what Henry Ford had? He had self-motivation. He could see something that wasn't as though it was, and he was okay starting out with humble beginnings. Desire alone isn't enough. You, you have to, at some point, move beyond desire, and self-motivation does that. Realize this, that nothing is final until you accept it as failure. It's not final. Henry Ford's car was being passed up by horses on the road. That's kind of embarrassing. Can you imagine the mockery, uh, you know, in the town square? Can you imagine the people running by and saying, hey, Henry, nice car, and just flying by them? No, you have to decide at some point that nothing is final until you say it is. We all make mistakes. We all fall down, and we all have at some time given up under this type of adversity. However, to stay down once you've fallen, that's a matter of choice. So you got to ask yourself, do I have this self-motivation? 
I've been through the adversity. I've blown the opportunity. Many of you that have heard my State of Readiness keynote have, have, have heard about me blowing the first sales interview. I wanted to be a salesperson. I was a truck driver. This was going to be the breakthrough promotion. And I get into that interview, and I absolutely blew it. And I walked out of that interview defeated. I had been telling my friends and family and everybody, this job is mine. You can take it to the bank. Life's about to get really good. And I blew the interview and the hiring manager looked me in the face and said, you are not ready for this. You know, I could have walked out of that interview and said, well, you know what? Things aren't so bad in my current job. I'm already so much further ahead than I ever was before. But no, I didn't want to do that. I saw the failure, but I said, this is not the end of the story. I went and got sales training. I got a sales mentor. I did my part to engage, to consume content, consume information, to get it in my being and get around somebody that had been where I wanted to go. And when that interview came up the next time around, I was ready to go. And I got that promotion, and it set the stage to catapult me into a career that I, had, I could have never even dreamed of. You have got to look at your own self-motivation. Yes, there's going to be great people around you, but I can promise you, there is nobody on this planet that can want it more than you want it. The third thing is commitment. There's no lasting success without absolute commitment. The most highly successful people that I know are willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. At some point when people ask highly successful people what's it take to succeed, they're very selective on who they provide that answer to. Why is that? Because they know that very few will do what it takes to win. And so it's a waste of breath. And so you're very selective about that. Has someone ever asked you that this question, are you willing to pay the price? Have you ever really wondered what that really means? What that really means? This commitment to paying the price is the essential quality in the mindset of every achiever I've ever met. These people just have a different gear about them. They they will die trying. They they are willing to sacrifice whatever they need to get to the desire that they have to chase down the dream. When you commit, you obligate yourself to bring energy and any resource necessary to obtain what your what your commitment is. Commitment limits options. You know, this this word commitment is just kind of thrown around sometimes. I'm committed to this. Yeah, you, yeah, you were committed to it January 1st when you set your New Year's resolutions to just leave Planet Fitness and never go back by the 18th of January. That's not commitment. Commitment means there's no options. I think of the the old story of burning the ships. You know, when the commander of the ship back in the day said, we're going to attack the enemy on their territory, on their island. And when, he, when, when they went to shore with their ship, he burnt the ship to the ground. Why? This is, this is like extreme commitment. What he was telling his people in that moment is, there's no retreat. We either beat the enemy or we die, but we are not going back. That's commitment. And you have to have this level of passion, truly, to find success. Why is that? Because there will be setbacks. There will be challenges. There will be adversity. There will be people that don't want you to win. So when you make a commitment, what you're doing is you're limiting options. Commitments aren't trying. Commitments are doing. 
Commitments are saying, this is happening. I am doing this. I'm not going to try. And that's not me saying don't give effort and give attempts. But I think we got to be like the great uh, Jedi Master Yoda when he said it best, try not, do or do not. There's no trying. Like when you commit to something, you're moving forward. And then number four, that people that find success, something that they all have in common when they're preparing to win is affirmations. Affirmations are likely the most neglected thing as it relates to preparing for success. And why is that? Well, some people see it as fluffy and it doesn't work. Well, let's look back to the great Napoleon Hill who interviewed the greatest minds on planet Earth back in the, in the early 1900s. And he interviewed all of these people to come up with a six-step process to acquire what we desire. And one of the steps was to write a clear and concise statement of what you want, when you want it, and what you are willing to give, and the steps you plan to take to achieve that goal. But he didn't stop there because he created an additional step. He then told us to read our statement aloud with emotion a minimum of twice a day first thing in the morning and right before you go to sleep. He tells us that, that this is the most important step in the process because in your mind you see or you visualize yourself as though you already have achieved your goal. These are affirmations. And it's not just saying it in your mind. It's saying it out loud. So have you done that? Have you, have you written a clear and concise statement of what you want, when you want it, and what you're willing to give, and the steps that you plan to take to get there? And if you've done that, congratulations. Don't miss the last step. Saying this out loud with passion and emotion twice a day. If you want a copy of these six steps, I already have them broken down in the Notes version. Email me, jeff at jeffhancher.com. I would like to get those into your hand. So, back to the lunch meeting. I closed out the lunch meeting by asking the gentleman if he knew who Les Brown was. Of course, he said that he did. And I asked him if he knew how the Les Brown story began, and he did not. Isn't that kind of how it goes? The people that have the, the greatest success, the greatest influence, the greatest impact, we know who they are now, but we really don't know what it was that they did to get there. Les Brown has one of the most amazing stories of what it means to prepare for success. Many of us that are listening, we know Les Brown for his career in broadcasting, television, as a high-impact public speaker. Well, guess what? This was no accident. This didn't happen by chance. Here, here's a little story about Les Brown. Les Brown was born into poverty and later adopted with his twin brother. He was placed in special edu education classes for the learning disabled in grade school and throughout high school. Can you believe this? Upon graduation, he became a city sanitation worker at Miami Beach. But here's Les. He has this dream of being a disc jockey. And at night, he would take a transistor radio to bed where he listened to these, these local uh, high-energy DJs. And he created this imaginary radio station in his tiny bedroom with, with its, you know, vinyl floor ripping and not such great things. But he created this environment of this radio station. And his hairbrush served as his microphone as he practiced 
over and over, introducing records to his ghost listeners with high energy. And one day, Les boldly went to the local radio station during his lunch break from mowing grass for the city. He got to the station's station's manager's office and told him he wanted to be a disc jockey. The manager eyed this uh, disheveled young man in overalls and a straw hat and inquired to him, Do you have any background in broadcasting? And Les responded, No, sir, I don't. Well, son, I'm afraid we don't have a job for you then. Les thanked him politely and left. The station manager assumed that he had seen the last of this young man, but but he underestimated the depth of Les Brown's commitment to his goal. You see, Les had a higher purpose than simply wanting to be a disc jockey. He wanted to buy a nicer house for his adoptive mother, whom he cared for deeply. The disc jockey job was merely a step towards his goal. And so Les returned to that station every single day for a week, asking if there were any job openings. Finally, the station manager gave in and took him on as an errand boy at zero pay. No pay. At first, he would fetch coffee or he'd pick up lunches and dinners for the DJs who weren't able to leave the studio. Eventually, his enthusiasm for their work won him the confidence of the disc jockeys who would send him in their Cadillacs to pick up visiting celebrities and and all these high-profile people. Uh, He would pick up folks like the Temptations and Diana Ross and the Supremes. Little did any of them know that young Les did not have a driver's license. Les did whatever was asked of him at the station and more. While hanging out with the DJs, he taught himself their hand movements on the control panel. He would watch every move they made with the technology. He stayed in the control rooms and soaked up whatever he could until they asked him to leave. Then back in his bedroom at night, he practiced and prepared himself for the opportunity that he knew would present itself to him someday. One Saturday afternoon while Les was at the station, a DJ named Rock was drinking alcohol while on the air. Les was the only other person in the building, and he realized that Rock was drinking himself towards some big trouble. Les stayed close. He walked back and forth in front of the window in Rock's booth, and as he proudly said to himself, Drink, Rock. Drink. Keep drinking, Rock. Drink. Les was hungry, and he was ready. He would have run down the street for more booze if Rock had asked. When the phone rang, Les pounced on it. It was the station manager as he knew it would be. Les, this is Mr. Klein. Yes, yes, said Les, I know. Les, I don't think Rock can finish his program. Yes, sir, I know, said Les. Would you call one of the other DJs to come in and take over? Sure, sir, I will absolutely do that right away. But when Les hung up the telephone, he said to himself, Now he must think I'm crazy. Les did dial the telephone, but it wasn't to call in another DJ. He called his mother first and then his girlfriend. You all got to go out on the front porch and turn up the radio because I'm about to come on the air. Can you see this, folks? This is amazing. He waited about 15 minutes before he called the general manager. Mr. Klein, I can't find nobody, Les said. Mr. Klein then asked, young man, do you know how to work the controls in the studio? Yes, sir, replied Les. Les darted into the booth, gently moved Rock aside, and sat down at the turntable. He was ready, and he was hungry. 
He flipped on the microphone switch and he said, Look out, this is me, LB, Triple P, Les Brown, your platter-playing papa. There was none before me, there will be none after me. Therefore, that makes me the one and the only. Young and single and love to mingle, certified, bona fide, undubitably qualified to bring you satisfaction. A whole lot of action. Look out, baby. I am your love man. Because of his persistence and preparation, Les was ready. He wowed the audience and his general manager in that moment. And the rest, as they say, is history. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing to think how that began? Because when the opportunity presented itself, the work had already been done and Les had made himself the obvious choice. Let this story of Les Brown serve as a reminder that opportunity does not schedule appointments. You have to be ready when the opportunity strikes. I appreciate you all listening today. I hope this challenged you. I hope it encouraged you. Know that I am cheering for you, cheering for you in a big, big way as you prepare to win. Take these four steps that we spoke about today and develop your own strategy in your own preparation to win in this life. Keep climbing high. Keep persisting like your life depends on it. And never forget that you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. 